I want you to take your Bibles to the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter number 22, Joshua chapter number 22, if you would please, Joshua chapter number 22, So where we're going to be at tonight, sure am looking forward to what God's been doing, what God's going to do, I love hearing, seeing new visitors, seeing people coming and uh, it's always a blessing, but uh, let me encourage you to remain faithful. My heart is burdened uh, for our generation, our society that thinks that uh, really it's only Sunday morning that we need to show up to serve the Lord. And uh, listen, it's everyday life that we need to live that serves God. But uh, we ought to not forsake our, the assembling of ourselves together, the Bible says, as the manner of some is. But I want to thank you all for being faithful. Uh, but let me encourage you to start uh, getting some people in church, trying to encourage them to be here Sunday night, Wednesday night. And uh, listen, I, I have a quote in the front of my Bible that says, Your absence from church is a vote to close the doors. And uh, when we're not here, uh, we're showing how la the lack of importance. Now, I understand there are circumstances that come. Uh, there are things that show up sometimes, maybe work or uh, maybe sickness or whatever, and we understand those things. But if you're able to be here, let me encourage you to be here. Um, listen, he died for the church. You say, well, the church is made up of people. Well, the Bible says to assemble ourselves together. And it's a blessing. These buildings could burn down and the church of God could still go on. But we need to have a, a, a gathering together to lift up the Lord and encourage some things. But in Joshua chapter number 22, uh, where we're going to be at tonight, Ella, thank you for that song. What a blessing that was uh, to see young people singing for the Lord. Joshua chapter number 22. I'll read several verses tonight, but I do want you to stand with me, if you would, out of respect for the Word of God, Joshua chapter number 22. I'm not going to read all of this, but I do want to read several verses, starting in verse number 1, is where we'll be at tonight, verse 1, down through verse number 6. The Bible says, Then Joshua called the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh, and said unto them, Ye have kept all that Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you, and have obeyed my voice in all that I commanded you. Ye have not left your brethren these many days unto this day, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God hath given rest unto your brethren, as he promised them. Therefore now return ye, and get you unto your tents, and unto the land of your possession which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of Jordan. But take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you, to love the Lord your God, and to walk in all His ways, and to keep His commandments, and to cleave unto Him, and to serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went unto their tents. I'm going to preach to you tonight a message entitled, Our Spiritual Survival. Our Spiritual Survival. Let's pray, Lord, we love you. Thank you for the day that you've given to us. Thank you for the time we have to be in your house tonight. Thank you for the wonderful songs that we've heard this evening, the wonderful hymns that we get to sing and uplift your name. I believe it sets the atmosphere uh, for preaching. Lord, thank you for the special music. Thank you for our young people willing to sing for you. Lord, what a blessing that is. Again, that sets the atmosphere for preaching. But Lord, thank you that we have a perfect Word of God that we can open and learn from, that we can get into its pages and find who you are and what you want us to know. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'll use this uh, message tonight to speak to all hearts. 
Lord, to change us, to draw us closer to you than we've ever been. And Lord, we'll give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Last Sunday night, we kind of went in a different direction. We talked about God's commission for the church, but the week prior to that, we preached on lessons from the Levites and Joshua 21. And now here we are, Joshua chapter number 22, and Joshua is calling the, the two and a half tribes there, and he's giving them some commands. He said, you've been with your brethren all these times, and you've been faithful to the words, and you've done all that, but you're about ready to go back to the land that God gave you on the other side of Jordan. You're about ready to possess the promise that God gave you, that, that land that God said is yours. You're getting ready to possess that. And he's trying to give them some leadership and some instructions of all of this. And he's letting them know that, listen, you've been doing the right things. You've been obeying the Lord. You've been obeying the words of the Lord. You've been following the leadership that's around you. You've been strengthened by the brothers that are there, the brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is a good side note to understand. Part of coming to church is this, to get strengthened by brothers and sisters in Christ and encouraged uh, by brothers and sisters in Christ. And then the word of God as it comes to learn from and grow in those things. But you do understand by fellowshipping with brothers and sisters in Christ and coming together for a common worship for God brings strength and brings encouragement. And uh, so we need to be here in that. But he was telling him that, listen, you've, you've not left your brethren these many days, he said, and you've kept charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And he's saying, listen, you've been around uh, many people that are doing the same thing, that are going in the same direction. That are uh, now there's been rest, there's been this peace about your brethren, and now you're able to go back to the land that God's given you to possess. He said, but you know what? You're not going to be around your brethren anymore. You're going to be off on your own. There's going to come a time in, in, in your life where there's coming a time, he's telling them right now, that you're about to go away from the strength of the majority that's here. You're, you're away from the group that's going in the same direction. You're heading back to the land that God's given you to go. And uh, this is the time where I want to encourage you on what you're supposed to do. You know, in our lives, we're faced with that time. It's very encouraging to stand up for God in a church like this that uh, people love the Lord and want to serve the Lord. It's, it's easy to say amen and it's easy to do the right thing. And it's easy to, to say, uh, I'm glad I'm here. It's easy to, to do the right things when you're accompanied by those that are going in that same direction. But he's telling them, listen, you're, you're not about to have the strength in numbers. You're about ready to go back now to the land that God's given you. And I'm not going to be there to guide you. And uh, the, the, you're not going to have uh, your brethren strength about the numbers of all of these. It's just you two and a half tribes now instead of all of us together. And he's giving them some instructions. And the work of the Lord is very important. And he's trying to tell them what you've done is very important. But more than what you're doing in the work of the Lord, you need to make sure that you know the Lord of the work. And we need to keep in mind that same thing. It's very good to be active in the things of God. But activity is not a substitute for spirituality. You say, what are you talking about? Somebody who's busy in the work of the Lord does not mean they're spiritual. It means they might just be busy. Because we have this idea that just because somebody's busy means they're spiritual. Just because somebody's always at church or they're always doing something means they must be a spiritual person. They've been teaching Sunday school for 20 years. You know what? I've known people that have taught Sunday school longer than I've been alive that don't have enough power of God on their life to change anything. 
You say, why? Because they believe activity is a substitute for spirituality. And he's telling them, listen, you've obeyed the commandments of the Lord. You've done what you've been told to do. You've done what the leadership has told you. And, but now you're about to be out on your own. Now you're about to go and possess the land that God has given you. And there's some lessons that you need to know. There's some things and some charge that I want to give you that will help you to survive in your spiritual life. You know, and I believe these are things that you and I can learn from tonight as well. The work of the Lord is very important, but having the Lord of the work leading your life is going to help you more in the work than just doing the work by yourself. And just because we're active in it, and he's telling them in verse 2, and he said, Ye have kept all that Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you, and have obeyed my voice in all that I commanded you, and have not left your brethren these many days unto this day, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. Now that sounds very uh, intriguing, and that sounds very, wow, what a wonderful thing. But you do understand that the Bible says in the end times when they stand before the Lord, there's going to be people that say, I prophesied in your name, and I cast out devils in your name, and I did all this stuff in your name, but he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. Just because somebody's doing a good work doesn't mean that there's a spiritual life there. Doesn't mean that there's some spirituality behind it. And Joshua is, uh, is charging this two and a half tribes before they go to remember what will help them survive on their own. And I believe it's very important for us to touch on this tonight because you're not always going to have the strength of the church congregation with you all the time. You're not going to have the pastor there to help you all the time. You're not going to have the deacons there to help you all the time. You young people, you're not going to have mom and dad there to help you all the time. You're not going to have the Sunday school teachers there to help you all the time. There's going to come a time when you, it's just you and God. And you need to know how to overcome things in your life. And listen, it, you, you'll feel like you're standing alone. But Joshua's telling them, he said in verse number 4, And now the Lord your God hath given rest unto your brethren, as he promised them. He's telling them, listen, God gave us a promise, and that's what he did. Some encouragement there. Therefore now return ye, and get unto your tents, and unto the land of your possession, which Moses the servant of the Lord gave you on the other side of Jordan. He's saying, listen, it's time for you to go do what God wants you to do now. It's time for you to step out and go out on your own. We thank you for the help. We thank you for the work. But it's time for you to do now what God gave you to do. And he said, but there's some things you need to remember in doing so. He tells him this in verse number 5. But take diligent heed to the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, hath charged you. Now, what is the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, received? We know that was the words of God to Moses. These weren't just Moses' words to the nation of Israel. They were God's words through the man of God. That's what they were. Those, the law, the Ten Commandments, were given to Moses by who? God. Right? God gave them to him, and then he charged the people, and God gave him some direction, and he charged the people to do it. So though they might have been Moses' words to the people, they were God's words through Moses. Moses was just a channel. Guess what preachers are? They're just a channel from God. As long as they're preaching the right book. As long as they're standing behind this King James Bible, preaching the infallible, inerrant Word of God. You know, it's, it's very important for us to understand that there's a lot of people that are very good orators. There's people that are very good in speech. 
But just because they're good at speech and eloquent in what they say doesn't mean they have the power of the Lord behind them. They've got to have the, the Word of God. And by the way, there's only one Word of God, and I'm not going to go down this rabbit trail right now, even though I have a, a desire to. But we, we know in this church that there's only one Bible. And that's the, the King James Bible to the English-speaking people. Just one. Why? Because there's only one God. And the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So if we have one God, we only have one Bible, correct? So we have one. If there's many, there's confusion. That was free. It didn't cost extra. But it said, but take diligent heed to the commandment and the law. So what he was telling them is, listen, take diligent heed to the word of God. If you're about to go out on your own, let me give you some advice. Hear what God has to say. Listen to the Lord. We talked this morning on drawing nigh to God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Listen, if you're not walking with God, it's hard for you to hear what he has to say. If you're not in his book, it's hard to hear what he has to say. He's saying to these, to these two and a half tribes, listen, I've been here to help direct you. I've been here to try to help, help you and to teach you what the Bible says and to give some direction on what God wants uh, for your life. But now uh, you're about to go and possess the land that God's given you and I'm not going to be there to direct you and all this, but you have something that will direct you. You have the law of God. He said, take diligent heed in verse number five. He told him that. He said, take diligent heed to the commandment and to the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you. He said, basically, hear the word of God. Take diligent heed to what it has to say. I want you to take your Bibles to Romans chapter number 10. We're going to read a lot of scripture tonight. Hope you don't mind that this evening. Some of it, I'm just going to give you references, and I'm going to try not to... uh, to read all of these verses, because if I did, we would be here till 10 o'clock tonight. I'm not going to go through, read all the verses, but I do want to give you some references. So if you're able to write them down, I'll try to give them to you, but we are going to read some of them. Romans chapter number 10 and verse number 17. I had somebody say to me recently, preacher, why do you give so much scripture when you're preaching? Why do you use so many verses? Uh, Well, because I don't ever want you to think that what I have to say is just my words. I want you to understand that what I have to say comes from God. Because that's what's going to help you. It's not what, not, not what I say that's going to help you. It's what God says that's going to help you. And in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 17, it says this, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You know, it's very important to hear the word of the Lord. To hear what God has to say. You understand you cannot be saved unless you can hear the word of God. You say, what are you talking about? The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? So that's what faith comes from is by hearing the word of the Lord. Well, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace are you saved through what? Faith. So if faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then in order for you to be saved and have faith to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what you got to hear? The word of God. Why? Because it's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. See, nobody got saved just by happenstance one day. You weren't walking down the street one day and said, oh, wow, I'm saved now. You know, on the Damascus Road, that's not what happened to Saul. Saul wasn't riding on the donkey, riding down there, and all of a sudden he just said, wow, I had a vision, and now I'm saved. You know, I saw this blue jay fly in front of me one day, and, you know, it just kind of spoke to me that God was leading me and telling me I was saved. You laugh about that, but I've had people tell, tell me that's why they're saved. They were fishing one day, and they saw a blue jay land on the end of their boat. 
And as they looked at the Blue Jay, it kind of winked at them and let them know that they were okay. You know what? That's a lie from the devil. You cannot be saved without faith. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You're only saved by putting your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done. There is no other way. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, do I believe that the Holy Spirit could work through his creation to show somebody their need for salvation? Absolutely. Absolutely he can. But no blue jay saved anybody. In fact, I don't like those birds. You say, why don't you like them? Because they've spoiled my deer hunting sometimes. I don't like blue jays. They're tattletales. They sit there and they start squawking and tell every animal around that you're there. You know, I don't like them at all. But the fact is, you know, we can, Satan does a good job of making people believe they're on their way to heaven. But you can't go to heaven without hearing the word of God. You've got to hear it. It said, uh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Go to Hebrews chapter number 4. We already quoted this verse, but I want you to see it. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know why people get so upset about this book? Because it exposes the unrighteousness inside of them. See, Joshua was telling these two and a half tribes that you're about to go out where you don't have all the the whole church congregation there with you. You're not going to have all the brethren there with you. You're not going to have everybody. You're not going to have me there with you. You're not going to have Moses. We haven't had him for a while. You're not going to have, but you are going to have the words of the Lord. And you need to take diligent heed to what you've learned and what you've heard from the word of God. You understand when you come to church, it's not just a, a, a time filler. It's an opportunity for us to take diligent heed to the Word of God. Why? Because as we go out throughout our everyday life, we are in the world. But the Bible doesn't tell us to be of the world. It says to be in the world. But the only way that we're not going to be of the world is if we take diligent heed to the things which we have learned, which are the things that we have heard. And it says that uh, for the Word of God is quick and powerful, and we're supposed to, uh, to have faith in the God. And by the way, it says without faith it is impossible to please God. And so it's impossible for us to please God without what? Faith. And how do we get faith? By hearing. And how do we, what do we hear to get faith? The word of God. So let me ask you this. Is God pleased with our lack of Bible reading? Why? Because we can't have faith without it. Without hearing the word, we can't have faith. Because that's where faith comes from. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you neglect your Bible, guess what? God's pleased with that. Why? Because he, he's not pleased without faith. we got to have it. He's saying, take diligent heed to the Word of God. Look at 2 Kings chapter number 7. Second Kings chapter number seven. And verse number one. 
Look what it says. Then Elijah said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. You see how he started? Hear ye the word of the Lord. Look at 2 Kings chapter 20. Isaiah, or 2 Kings chapter number 20 and verse number 16, it says this, And Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. You're going to see this common phrase all throughout different verses that we read. Turn to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles. Chapter number 18. Second Chronicles 18 and verse 18, again he said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. And I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne, and all the host of heaven standing on his right hand and on his left. Verse 18, and again he said, Therefore, hear the word of the Lord. He can't say something again if he never said it first, right? He said again, hear the word of the Lord. Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord. And then here we see this in Second Chronicles, and again, he said, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. Look at Isaiah 39. Isaiah 39 and verse 5. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Look at Isaiah 66. Verse number 5. Hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word. It said, hear the word of the Lord. Are you seeing the common phrase here? See, Joshua told the two and a half tribes here, take diligent heed to what you've heard. Take diligent heed to the law of Moses and the commandments. Take diligent heed to the word of God. We heard all these, hear the word of the Lord, hear the word of the Lord, hear the word of the Lord. If you're writing down these verses, Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse number 4, he says, hear the word of the Lord. Jeremiah 7 and verse number 2, he says, hear the word of the Lord. Jeremiah 9 and verse number 20, he says, hear the word of the Lord. And Jeremiah 10 and verse 1, hear the word of the Lord. Jeremiah 17 and verse 20, hear the word of the Lord. Jeremiah 21 and verse 11, hear the word of the Lord. Jeremiah 22 verse 29, hear the word of the Lord. Jeremiah 29 verse 20, hear ye the word of the Lord. Jeremiah 31 and verse 10, hear the word of the Lord. Jeremiah 34 and verse 4, hear the word of the Lord. Jeremiah 42 and verse 15, he says, hear the word of the Lord. The prophet Jeremiah is telling them, hear the words of God. Listen to what God is telling you. It's not me that's trying to direct you in a certain way. You've got to listen to what God is saying. 
You've got to listen to the words of God. You've got to hear what God wants you to hear. You've got to take diligent heed and listen to it. Why? Because it's, it's absolutely essential for your survival is to hear the word of the Lord. But then I want you to take your Bibles to Jeremiah 44. Jeremiah 44. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah wept over the nation of Israel. So many times you heard in these passages that we talked about, hear the word of the Lord, hear the word of the Lord. The the preacher standing there saying, hey, hear the word of the Lord. Listen to what God has to say. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. And by the way, any preacher that's worth his weight in salt is going to tell you to listen to God and not him. Listen to the words of the Lord. Hear the word of God. Listen, anytime somebody gets up here and preaches their opinions, you can take it or leave it. But if God's, if they say, thus saith the Lord, listen to the word of God. Listen, take diligent heed to that. Apply that to your life because that is what will help you in your life. He's telling them, listen, you're going to face obstacles out there that you're not going to have the strength of everybody here. But let me tell you, take diligent heed because there's things that God has told you that will help you along the way. But in Jeremiah 44, after he said in all these verses that I gave you, these references, hear the word of the Lord, hear the word of the Lord. Verse number 16, look what it says. As for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto thee. The preacher standing there telling them, hear ye the word of the Lord. Listen to what God has to say. Let me encourage you, get in your Bible. Listen to what God's telling you. Just take diligent heed to it. And they said, as for the word that you're speaking to us in the name of the Lord, we're not going to listen. We're not going to hearken unto it. We don't want to hear what you have to say if it's about the things of God. And you know what? We'll look at that and we'll say, my word. The nation of Israel, I can't believe them. I can't believe they would ever do something like that. But here we are in 2019 and the preachers are still standing here saying, hear the word of the Lord. Listen to what God has to say. Hear the word of the Lord. And we say, well, it's going to interrupt my lifestyle. We will not hearken unto it. Why? Because I have to live holy, righteously, and godly in this present world. If I heed and listen to the word of the Lord and I take diligent heed, I've got to become a soul winner. If I take diligent heed to the word of the Lord, that means I've got to tithe. If I take diligent heed to the word of the Lord, that means I've got to uh, have standards and be modest. Why? Because the Bible tells us to come out from among them, be separate, saith the Lord. I've got to have some separation in my life. I've got to listen to the right kind of things. I can't watch the wrong kind of things. I've got to be with the right kind of people. I'm not going to hearken to that. Why? Because that's not what my flesh wants to do. And the preacher says, hear ye the word of the Lord. And you say, that preacher, he's just old-fashioned. But Jeremiah 6.16, still in the Bible, he says, Stand ye in the way and see and ask for the old paths where is the good way and walk therein and ye shall find rest for your souls. He said, listen, there's a path for you to walk down. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our what? Path. That's what the word of God is all about. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Why do we walk blindly in darkness? I'll tell you why. Because we're not taking diligent heed to the word of the Lord. And Joshua's trying to tell the nation of Israel there, take diligent heed. These two and a half tribes that are about to go to the land and possess their land, he's saying take diligent heed to the word of God. 
In Ezekiel 13 and verse 2, he says, Hear ye the word of the Lord. In Ezekiel 16, 35, he says, Hear ye the word of the Lord. In Ezekiel 25, 23, he says, Hear ye the word of the Lord. In Ezekiel 33 and verse 30, he says, Hear ye the word of the Lord. In Ezekiel 34 and verse 7, he says, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Verse 9, Hear ye the word of the Lord. In Ezekiel 36 and verse 4, Hear ye the word of the Lord. In Hosea 4, 1, he says, Hear ye. The word of the Lord. I want you to take your Bibles to Amos chapter 3. Amos chapter 3 and verse number 1. He says, Hear this word that the Lord hath spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth, Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Then he says this, can two walk together except they be agreed? He's saying this, hear ye the word of the Lord. Listen to what God has to say. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken unto you. He's saying there's going to come punishment. Why? Because you haven't listened to what he's saying. He said, and you can't walk with somebody that doesn't agree with you. If you don't walk in agreement, you can't, you can't come together. And listen, why do you say, preacher, why are we separated from people that don't preach this book? Why does it seem like we don't fellowship? We're supposed to love everybody. Listen, we ought to have love for lost souls. We ought to have love for sinners. We ought to try to educate people on the truth of the Word of God. But I'm not going to rub shoulders with somebody that doesn't preach this book. Why? Because he said, can two walk together except they be agreed? And I'll tell you this, if they don't walk with this book and agree with this book, they're not in agreement with me. Why? Because I agree with this. You say, well, what if, what if somebody's just a nice person? You can be cordial to them and be kind to them, be nice all the way, but you don't have to develop their philosophies. You don't have to hang out with them and try to, oh, well, I'm just going to go to their church service tonight and see how that works out. Listen, the fact of the matter is you ought to stick where the truth is. Stick where the truth is. Hear the word of the Lord. There's a, if you want to find churches that don't, don't preach this book, you have a lot to choose from. You want to go someplace where it's that feel-good religion? You never feel convicted of your sin, never have uh, wrong. Listen, I believe it when still preaching on sin. Right. Why? Because that's what's destroying our nation. Right. It's what's destroying people. It's what's sending people to hell. If they don't realize sin, they don't realize consequences for sin, they can't ever understand where grace and faith come in. You've got to understand there's consequences for sin. By one man's sin, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so that death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. There's consequences for sin. All throughout Scripture, there's consequences for sin. And we need to get back to preaching, hear ye the word of the Lord. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Listen what God has to say. Joshua's telling them, if you're going to survive, if you're going to make it, you need to hear the word of the Lord. You say, preacher, why are you spending so much time on this passage? Because if this many verses say, hear the word of the Lord, guess what? We need to, to, to take diligent heed and listen to what God is trying to say. Hear ye the word of the Lord. In Acts 13 and verse 7. Take your Bibles if you would, please. Acts chapter 13. All the verses I've just talked to you about, somebody might be able to stand up and say, well, we live in a New Testament church age, preacher. That's the Old Testament you were talking about. I'm glad you thought that. Acts chapter 13 and verse number, let's see here, what, Acts 13 and verse number 7. 
He says, which would definitely accomplish a prudent man, which called Barnabas and Saul, desired to hear the word of God. See what it said? Desired to hear the word of God. Look at verse number 44. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to what? To have a fellowship. The whole city came together just to watch a softball game. The whole city came together because they wanted to have a party. The whole city came together because, man, they just wanted to enjoy each other's company. No, what did it say? To hear the word of God. How come all of Martinsburg's not coming to hear the word of God? You know why? Because we don't take diligent heed to the word of God. We don't have a desire to hear the word of God. It said they all came. The whole city. What an amazing thought. It said almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. Isn't it a shame that there's people who have sat in this church that have heard the word of God, that have just said, we will not hearken. We will not hearken. We're not going to listen. God, I think you're unfair. I'm not going to listen. Be very careful. You're on a slippery slope to disaster. He said, we will not hearken. You know, if you read through Romans 1, you'll hear people talk about homosexuality, and it is an abomination unto the Lord. You say, preacher, your sermons are recorded. Are you afraid to say that? No. Why? Because that's what the word of the Lord says. Homosexuality is an abomination unto the Lord. But guess what else is? Lying lips are an abomination unto the Lord. But in Romans 1, as you begin to read down through, we'll always focus on how when that, that affection between man and man and woman and woman, that's an unnatural affection. And we talk about how they were given over to a reprobate mind. If you read through that, it says this, because they chose not to retain God in their knowledge, he gave them over to a reprobate mind. You know who's reprobate in their mind are those that refuse to hear the word of the Lord. That's what makes them reprobate in their mind. It's not just because they're sinners, because if you read through the list, he talks about uh, disobedient to parents. That would be every person in this room. Every one of us, the disobedient to parents, the liars, the deceivers, all of those. Guess what? We'd all be guilty and we'd all have a reprobate mind. But when he says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. How can we be transformed by the renewing of our mind, as he says in Romans 12? I beg of you, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, he tells them. And then he says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know what we need to do? Instead of choosing not to retain God in our knowledge, we need to hear ye the word of the Lord. Listen to what God has to say. Take diligent heed. Take diligent heed. In Acts 19 and verse 10, it talks about hear ye the word of the Lord. Take your Bibles to Colossians chapter number 3. We're going to read two more verses about hear ye the word of the Lord. Colossians chapter number 3. Look at verse 15 and 16. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called... In one body, and be ye thankful. 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. You know what? It's very important for us to understand in this passage of Scripture. It said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Brother Nick, I found this week on how to tell if the music I listen to is godly, if it's the right kind of music. You say, what are you talking about, preacher? I thought you already knew that. I did, but God just confirmed it in this verse. You say, well, how do I know, Brother Ron, if what I'm listening to, that music that I'm... You know what, I I like some of those contemporary songs. But how do I know if the songs are pleasing to God? I'll tell you how. Look at this verse, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. You say, what's that mean? Get in the Bible. Listen to God's word. Let God's word pattern your life and he'll tell you what music is right and what's wrong. Because he said, if the word of Christ is dwelling in you richly in all wisdom, guess what? You're going to teach and admonish one another in what? Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. But how do we, how, how do we guide that? How do we know that? Get in the word of God. God will tell you things. When you begin to study his word, you begin to get into his word, he confirms in your life the things that are right and the things that are wrong. He exposes the things that we need to get rid of and that we need to do. That's why you say, why do we have altar call at the end of service? Because we give you an opportunity to come down and do business with the Lord. A lot of times when we don't try to get you to do it, you're not going to do it. We want you to take that step and follow after the Lord. But he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Luke 5 and verse 1, he says, hear ye the word of the Lord. But then John chapter 8, I want you to turn there quickly, please. John chapter number 8. Don't worry, the other points aren't going to be this long. John chapter number 8. John chapter number 8. And verse... Number 43. Actually, jump to verse 42. Jesus said unto them. Now, let me ask you this. Whose word is it if Jesus is speaking? God's word. Why? Because Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus said unto them, If God were your fathers, ye would love me. For I proceed forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because ye cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. He's talking to people here that are lost, and he's saying this. You you don't hear God's word because you're lost. You can't hear the word of God unless you're saved. You say, well, I hear it for salvation. Yes, but you can't follow God's leading in your life unless you have God living inside of you. You can hear the gospel, 
Thus saith the Lord that the only way to go to heaven is through Jesus Christ. That's God's word. The blood that was shed is the payment for our sin. Jesus Christ paid that penalty. The wages of sin is death. His, through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, when you by faith receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, guess what? You have spiritual hearing aids that have been applied to your life. The Holy Spirit, the author of the Bible, now lives inside of you. Don't tell me the Bible's too difficult to understand when you have the author living in you. Not too difficult to understand or too lazy to study it. That's why we don't understand it. He tells them, take diligent heed. Take diligent heed. Hope you've understood what he's talking about tonight. Listen to the word of God. How am I supposed to be the best parent that I'm supposed to be? Hear ye the word of the Lord. How am I supposed to be the best husband and wife that I'm supposed to be? Hear ye the word of the Lord. How am I supposed to be the best child I'm supposed to be? Uh, hear ye the word of the Lord. How am I supposed to do the best in my life? Hear ye the word of the Lord. No matter what aspect of life it is, listen to what God has to say. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Joshua's telling them in that passage of Scripture to take diligent heed to the word of God. Verse 5, but take diligent heed to the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you. And then he tells him, not only do you need to listen to God's word, look what he tells him, and to love the Lord our God. To love the Lord your God. So how am I going to have spiritual survival? You need to listen to the word of God, but you need to love God. You need to love God. You need to love him with all your heart. Look at Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Verse 4, look, listen what he says. Hear, O Israel. The, word, the Lord's about to say something. Hear the word of the Lord, key to survival. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God and is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I have commanded thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. You know what he's saying is, hear the word of the Lord, love God, and teach it to others. That's what he's telling them. How, you know what, I'm only supposed to teach about it on Sundays. No, that's not what he says. How often should I talk about it? How often should I talk about the things that I've heard about my love for God? How often should I do that when thou sittest in thine house? When thou walkest by the way? When thou liest down and when thou risest up? What he's saying is all the time. All the time. The word of the Lord ought to be there and you ought to love the Lord. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 10. Deuteronomy chapter 10. And verse number 12. Now Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. To keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. He's saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, 
and with all your mind. You see, God doesn't want to share you with anything. You understand that? What I mean by that is God doesn't want you to love Him equal with somebody else. you got to love Him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's one of the first and greatest commandments, that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Deuteronomy chapter number 11 and verse number 13. And it shall come to pass, if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I commanded unto you this day, to love the Lord your God, and to serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul. Verse number 22. For if ye diligently keep all these commandments, which I have commanded you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, and to cleave unto Him. You see what he's telling them? Love the Lord your God. Walk in His ways. Sounds kind of familiar in the book of Joshua, doesn't it? Why? Because somebody taught Joshua. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Listen to what God has to say. Joshua began to listen and love God and share that along the way. Go to Matthew chapter number 22. Matthew chapter 22. Verse 36, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. Mark 12, 30 says the same thing. Luke 10, 27 talks about the same thing. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that what? Love God. To them who are the called according to His purpose. Love God. Love God. You're getting a pattern. He tells him, take diligent heed. Listen to the word of God. Love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. It's essential for spiritual survival. You're about to be out under the leadership, as you would say. You're not going to have the one that God placed to lead the nation of Israel there in your life now. You're going to the land that God told you to possess. I'm not going to be there to uh, hold you by the hand and guide you along the way. I'm not going to be there to give you the commandments that you're supposed to follow. I'm not going to be able to do that. You need to take diligent heed to the Word of God. And you need to love Him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and verse 3, But if any man love God, the same is known of him. Listen, if you love God, it's going to be evident that you love God. I read a quote by Charles Spurgeon. He said, I want to love God so much that, he, that if I tell God, God, I love you, he responds, yes, Charles, I know. I wonder if we say, God, I love you. He says, really? You love me, huh? Remember the disciples? He says, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, we love you. He said, prove it. Feed my sheep. Don't just say that you love me. Show me that you love me. Listen, we can say that we love him with, with our words. 
The Bible says there are those that honor him with their mouth, but their hearts are far from him. Again, activity is not a substitute for spirituality. You've got to love God. It's essential. It's essential. Love God. 1 John. 1 John. First John chapter number 2, verse number 5, But whoso keepeth the word, in him verily is the love of God perfected, whereby we know that we are in him. It said, Whoso keepeth his word. You know what God says? Love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. First John chapter 4, most of us know these these verses, verse 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Verse 19, we love Him because He first loved us. Why should we love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind? Because He loved us with all His heart, with all His soul, with all His mind. He loved us. Joshua's telling them, take diligent heed. Listen to the word of God. Love him with all your heart. Love him with all your heart. Then he goes on. He says to love the Lord your God and to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave to him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. He's giving them a pattern that you got to be not just a hearer of the word but a doer of the word. Yes, you need to hear the word of the Lord. Take diligent heed. Listen close to what God has to say. Love Him with all your heart, but then obey Him and walk in truth. Obey Him and walk in truth. 1 Samuel 12, 24, we'll talk about that. 1 Samuel 15, 22, Jeremiah 42, 6, Zechariah 6, 15, Acts 3, verse 29, Galatians 3, 1, Galatians 5, 7, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 14, Romans 2, 13, James 1, verse 22, but then Joshua 1, 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. The key for spiritual survival is take diligent heed to the Word of God. Be a doer of the Word, not hearers only. James 1.22 says that. Don't just listen to the Word of God, do the Word of God. Obey it. Walk in truth. We saw that in Deuteronomy, the commandments. He said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Follow his commandments. Walk in his ways. Do all of those things. So he tells him, take diligent heed. Love the Lord your God. Obey. Walk in truth. And then serve him with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. You know what? God doesn't want your service just on Sunday. He doesn't want just your service. on Well, preacher... I, I work for the Lord, but, you know, I only do it on Sunday. That's the day that I give to Him on the first day of the week. Quit trying to sound spiritual. If you really desire to serve God, you're going to serve Him on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and it's going to continue 365 days a year. 
If you walk in His take diligent heed, listen to what the Word says, love the Lord your God, obey what the Bible says, walk in His ways, and serve Him with all your heart. When you're serving Him and doing something for Him, He said don't do it half-heartedly. Don't just say, well, you know, I'm going I'm to serve the Lord today, but I haven't studied all week. I'm going to get up and teach Sunday school class and I'm going to look at the lesson three minutes before it's time to go because really, they're little kids. What do they know? He said, serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. That means you pour everything you've got into it. Why is it that we'll work hard for a secular employer? We'll We'll do everything we can to get that promotion, to get that raise. We'll do everything we can, man, just to, to make that company look good. And you ought to, as a child of God, you ought to do that. You heard on Wednesday night, you ought to work that way. But you ought to love God so much more than that. And be willing to serve Him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. It's not a lot for Him to ask for you to go soul winning. It's not a lot for Him to ask for you to give, and it shall be given. Well, God, I can't believe you asked for 10%. Aren't you glad He didn't ask for 90? He just said, give me 10. The first fruits of it, not the leftovers. Give Him the first fruits of it. Aren't you glad that He's a God who gives more than we give? But serve Him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Psalm 2 verse 11 talks about cleaving unto the Lord. Matthew 4 and verse 10. Luke 4 and verse 8. Hebrews 7 and verse 19. James 4 8. Deuteronomy 10 20. Deuteronomy 4 4. Acts eleven twenty three, Romans 12 9 all talk about serving the Lord. Serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. And there's many other verses I could go through. If I took the time to read all of these, we'd be here till tomorrow. But the whole fact of the matter is we ought to take diligent heed. Joshua is telling the nation of Israel, it's, it's essential for your spiritual survival. He said, but take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law. What you've heard, do. What God says, obey. Love Him. With all your heart, walk in His ways, keep His commandments, cleave unto Him, and serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul. If that's how you're going to make it on the other side, that's how you're going to make it. You young people, listen up. That's how you're going to make it for God. It's not going to be mommy and daddy when you get to be 18, 19 years old and you're stepping out into your own. It's going to be loving the Lord your God, taking diligent heed, walking in His ways, listening to His commandments, obeying Him, doing Him, serving Him with all your heart and all your soul. That's why we want you to do it now. But you know what, adults, we need to set that example for the next generation. What kind of example have have they had? That's why they have so many that are going off this direction and this direction. Oh, some of them are just because they're rebellious and making bad choices. But a lot of them have been misguided. Because we're not hearing the word of the Lord. Listening to what God has to say. I wonder how many of us wake up with the mindset of hearing the word of the Lord. I'm going to start my day off hearing the word of the Lord. And I'm going to strive to obey it. And to do it. And to serve God with all my heart. With all my soul. And with all my mind. With heads bowed and eyes closed.